This podcast is sponsored by Primal Kitchen Restaurants, providers of fast, casual dining experiences where taste and the freshest ingredients always come first. To learn more about franchise opportunities, visit PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. That's PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Brock Armstrong. What you need to know about foodborne illness, part one. It's a regular headline. X number of people sickened by contaminated food. Most recently, it was a case of imported cucumbers with salmonella, one of the most common and serious foodborne pathogens that resulted in at least 341 people ill and two dead across 30 states. It's difficult when public service information shifts us toward viewing our food with a nervous eye. The CDC estimates approximately 48 million people get sick from foodborne illness each year. Of those, 128,000 are hospitalized and about 3,000 die. So, what do we do with this information? At best, we decide to learn more about the bigger picture of our modern food supply. At worst, we go to that place of panic. Anxiety-ridden that every single item we bring into our home must be sanitized or cooked within an inch of its life. Some people even take the news as confirmation that fresh, read real food, is too dangerous and join the brigade that believes and sells processed, packaged, and otherwise adulterated food products as the only safe options. Never mind that fast food and processed products have been the subject of these events in the past. It's the kind of news that can easily stoke the media fear machine that encourages a perpetual state of anger, anxiety, and frenzy. And let's face it, a contamination event makes for a more interesting news fodder than the ongoing same old, same old story about rampant obesity and related lifestyle disease. Nonetheless, I think rational people could say that part of speaking back to overzealous fear can be taking responsible precautions that don't cost much in terms of time or effort for the enhanced safety they afford. Realistic peace of mind isn't about the eradication of all risk, but, number one, the understanding of common pathogens' sources and behaviors, and number two, application of sound strategies that minimize it. Let's take apart that first point in part one of this topic today. I don't know very many people who haven't at one point been sick with food poisoning. Most of us recall the misery, but ultimately poo-poo the bigger ramifications because we just didn't experience them personally. While most of us get a few days of diarrhea or vomiting, others may deal with the cost of hospitalization or the burden of an ongoing complication, not to mention the ultimate price those 3,000 people a year pay. Longer-term repercussions of these pathogens include conditions like reactive or chronic arthritis, urinary tract issues, and eye damage from salmonella or shingella. 
Julian-Barr syndrome or ulcerative colitis from Campylobacter, kidney failure or diabetes from E. coli or meningitis, mental retardation, seizures, paralysis, blindness, or deafness from listeria. Researchers have identified more than 200 pathogens, which include bacteria, viruses, parasites, and toxins that are responsible for food poisoning as we know it. Three, salmonella, toxoplasma, and listeria, are responsible for 75% of known food pathogen-related deaths. Although estimates vary, it's accepted that not even half of foodborne illness sources are ever found. Most of the identified causes we hear about, like the salmonella case earlier, are bacteria-based. Virus-caused outbreaks are the least likely to be documented, generally because of their often shorter duration and smaller scope, often caused by human food handlers rather than the food itself. The truth is, food has always been a messy enterprise. Even under the most natural and unadulterated conditions, growing food in dirt is, well, dirty. Animals are creatures that are subject to the wear and tear of their food chain placement. For example, parasites, diseases of their last carnivorous meal. Today, however, we're dealing with a shifted picture. Even just a few decades ago, food illness outbreaks looked considerably different. The infections you heard about more often were staphylococcus or clostridium. Illnesses were more likely from home preparation may be passed on at church picnics or holiday buffets. In some regards, we might be safer from the higher-risk dealings of bushmeat, but most of us purchase food from an agricultural system that can be its own hotbed of pathogenic disease. From the unnatural diets given to many livestock, to the massive crowding of feedlot conditions, to the cross-contamination of meat processing plants, to the irrigation of produce fields with sewage-laced water, modern conditions, despite industry safety protocols, set us up for issues that can have a much more extended reach, as in 30 states worth. With the uptick in eating out, we've also opened up a whole new arena of human handling and mass food producing risks as well. These days, however, 80% of foodborne illness come from somewhere other than home. The next logical step seems to be what foods are the most risky? Oddly, meats are overseen by a different agency, the USDA, than most other foods, which is the FDA. But experts have been clear that the majority of food poisoning cases stem from meats, especially beef and poultry. Ground beef in particular can be risky because a single burger can contain parts from various parts of various cows, increasing the chance of contamination. Pathogens can originate through everything from livestock feed water to uncleaned fields and lots to contaminated processing equipment. Aside from meat, a consumer group, the Center for Science in Public Interest, has ranked the 10 non-meat riskiest foods for foodborne pathogens that are regulated by the FDA. And here they are. Leafy greens. 
Greens are responsible for nearly one quarter of non-meat food poisoning outbreaks. Sources of pathogens can be contaminated water, animal manure contact, industrial washing equipment contamination, or other handling problems. E. coli and salmonella are the most common pathogens found in greens. The next one is eggs. Eggs can be contaminated from the chickens themselves, in which case the interior of the egg can harbor a pathogen like salmonella, and pathogens can also enter through micro cracks or contaminated shells during processing. The next one is tuna. Scromboid toxins are the biggest culprit here, and is more common in fresh or raw tuna, particularly if left in warm temperatures too long. With these toxins, cooking won't make a difference, unfortunately. The next one is oysters. Raw oysters can be a source of norovirus, or, less often, vibrio, related to cholera. Contamination can be caused by poor handling or unclean water. The next one is potatoes. Salmonella is the top problem here, but listeria is also a common pathogen associated with potato-related food poisoning. Food preparation and cross-contamination are probably the most common sources of these pathogens. The next one is cheese. Again, salmonella and listeria are respectively the most common pathogens implicated in this category. Pathogens can be a result of the multi-step processing of cheese, although pasteurization has reduced contamination risk. The next one is ice cream. Salmonella contamination from eggs or listeria contamination, often from unclean equipment, are the most common causes here. The next one is tomatoes. Again, salmonella is the main culprit, but norovirus is another common pathogen found in tomato-related outbreaks. Agricultural conditions is a major concern in tomato, as in other plants as well, contamination. The next one is sprouts. Sprout seeds themselves may be contaminated, but poor handling is a frequent cause as well. Salmonella and E. coli are the most common pathogens found in sprouts. And finally, berries. Berries, like other plants that are often eaten raw, can harbor a number of pathogens related to dirty field water or animal manure contact. But handling by infected agricultural workers can also be an issue. Alright, now that we've looked more closely at the problem of food contamination itself, let me pick up the topic again next week as I look at strategies for avoiding foodborne illness. Thanks for listening, everyone, and let me know your thoughts over at MarksDailyApple.com. And have a great week. Got a passion for Primal? Join Mark Sisson on a mission to save the world. Become a Primal Blueprint certified expert today. With our dollar down payment program, it's easier than ever. Just pay $1 to start and $89 a month for the next 12 months. The Primal Blueprint Expert Certification is the most comprehensive online Primal Paleo certification program of its kind. Explore the fascinating world of ancestral health from the comfort of your own home with this premier multimedia experience. Perfect for health and fitness professionals, as well as individuals looking to up-level their primal practice. 
Visit primalblueprint.com slash get certified to put a dollar down today.